listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Maybe so. So, um, as we continue on, just kind of in a in a mindset of prayer, uh, I wasn't planning on doing this this morning, but I just felt the tug of the Holy Spirit for us to pray for this man as as a body. Um, and so, if you, I don't I don't know if you know Ricardo or not, but we're in a series right now um, called "This Is Us" and and going through our identity statement. We are a growing community, living out God's radical love. This man right here has been one of the most selfless giving men in developing our church and uh and he does it all for the glory of god there's not an ounce of pride within him and he just it's amazing to serve alongside this man and i just felt like we needed to pray for him this morning so if you feel comfortable would you just stretch your hand forward and we're just gonna pray for ricardo father god we thank you for this day we thank you for the this man and the gift that he is to our community god Lord, I pray that you would take Ricardo and you would just uh, cover him with the grace and mercy of Jesus. Father, that every word that comes out of his mouth this morning would be of you, Lord. That it would, it would pierce hearts, that it would sink deep, Lord. Father, we, we know he has partnered with you this week on preparing a word for our church, God, but I pray, God, that as he speaks, your Holy Spirit would begin to stir inside of him, and that the word that would come forth would be directly meant for every person in this room today, personally and corporately. We love you, God. We thank you for this man. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, now I can't mess up, right? <laughs> I have to deliver. No, um, I, I love that. I love that he prayed for me because ultimately I think it communicates a lot also to the church about our vision of what a preacher or a pastor does up here, which is communicate the word of God. See, I don't stand on my authority. I don't stand on my knowledge. I just communicate it because God has given me a gift To teach. But that doesn't mean that this is my perception of how we should do things. This isn't my perception of God. Rather, I am founded, I'm rooted in God's word, in his declaration of who he is to us. And and that's true for all of us, whether it's myself that's preaching, whether it's Pastor Jason, whoever is up here preaching, we're always not making it about ourselves. And I like that we vary who's preaching because I hope that we're not a church that relies on certain preacher, that we're not the, you know, Joe church or the Joseph church or the Peter church, but rather that we are a church of God and that Jesus is the one who grows us. He's the one that leads us. And our gifted teachers, they help communicate the vision and the mission of our church. We are in a series called This Is Us, and I don't know if you've heard it before, like Pastor Jason said, we tend to say around here, we are a growing community living out God's radical love. Now, if you've never heard that phrase, 
probably means you walk in a little late every day, every Sunday <laughs> into church. Because the, the, the time it usually happens is during announcements. Usually myself or Pastor Jason, we're going through announcements. And right before the announcements, I usually say, welcome to the, mu- the mission. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. That's when we usually say it. Something I don't say as often, I forget to say, is that the mission of the mission is that we want to make God's radical love contagious. So those two go hand in hand. We are a growing community living out God's radical love, and we want to make God's radical love contagious. This series is built right now in breaking down the phrase. We're almost going word by word. So last week, the first Sunday, Pastor Jason took us through the concept of growing. And so today, I'll be taking you through the concept of community, And eventually, on the last Sunday of the series, we'll see what it is that we need to do to make radical love contagious. Now, just to, if you you missed out on last Sunday, the first thing that you can do, you could go to the podcast, right? Whether through iTunes or through our website, uh, themissionredlands.com, you can access our podcast, recent sermons, probably up to like November or December, um, and you can listen to his podcast. his message, and it's really worth it because what he did was unpack the word grow in our statement. We are a growing community. And here's what he, in a nutshell, what he told us. He told us that growth refers, yes, to both numerical and spiritual growth, but numerical growth is only, first of all, done correctly under the spiritual growth. If we seek only to do numerical growth, then what's the point of church? If we just seek to be the, the most popular and most cultural, trendy church and leave a hollow inside of no spiritual growth, then what's the point? Then let's just go to the next popular thing in culture, not in church. But rather, we seek spiritual growth. And we want others to come to the body of Christ. We want others to participate. We want others to be saved. That's what motivates numerical growth. The fact that I want people to be saved from the wrath that's due to them by their own actions. We all know we deserve that wrath, but we want to bring people to the grace that we have experienced as believers, where Jesus earned for us and he absorbed the wrath of God for us. We want others to know that good news. That's what motivates the numerical growth. But numerical growth can't go without that spiritual growth underneath it. And so, one of the key passages that Pastor Jason read last week was 2 Peter 1, verse 8. And after reading the rest of the passage and going through some qualities that are distinctive of growth, he said this in verse 8, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is important because growing is an ongoing process till the day of Christ. Till we see Jesus face to face, it's an ongoing process. And sometimes as Christians, I think we get passive. We go through ups and downs and we get passive and we kind of let things slide under the rug. And in reality, we want to make sure that these qualities are ours and are increasing because if so, that's the marker of a true Christian. 
you have the security. The, the salvation of Jesus Christ is yours, and you can know that to a certainty. Not because you're earning it, but rather because it's been guaranteed by him. And those are the markers of a person who's been saved from the wrath by Jesus Christ. When we sat down as a church to unpack this lemma, that's we are a growing community living out God's radical love, we actually built it the way that we're preaching it. Every word was in a sense isolated, but also in context linked to the other word. And so there's a reason we say growing community. In a nutshell, the sermon today is saying growth, the growing part, happens only in community, at least fully. It's not that you don't grow in your personal time with God, but to get the full, manifold experience of growth, you have to participate in this communion, in this church. You have to participate in church. Remember, church is not a building, but rather we've said before here, it is the gathering, the assembly of believers that meet consistently so that we grow each other up. So growth is tied to community. So the passage that we'll be spending this morning on to unpack this concept of how growth is tied, how I relate to you and you to me, is Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. I'll give you time to get there in your, whether it's your physical Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones. We've read this passage before. In fact, we did months ago, uh, somewhere around August or so, we did a series called Why Church? And when we did that series, we came to this passage. So some of the things that you'll hear today are, have commonalities with what we preached then, but we're going to dive in a little deeper today. Let's go ahead and read Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. When we started at verse 11, when it says he, just think of it as Jesus, that he and he. So let's go ahead and start. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. Growth, by the way. No longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's a lot. Let me breathe for a second. (laughs) That is a lot. But the first thing that we should take away from it is that the church family is necessary for full growth. We need each other. Now, I want to reiterate, it's not that you don't grow in your personal time with God. But evidently, from this, pas- from this passage, we see that our growth can be incomplete. 
when we choose to not be in community. In fact, we're going to find out even more of the consequences of not being in community to our growth. It's an incomplete growth if I'm not in the body. Why? Because God has selected the members of the church as the venue for our full-fledged growth. You want complete growth, you come to church. Not for attendance purposes, not for checking it off the list. I kept God happy today, so uh, that's all good. Not for that. But rather because it is full-fledged growth that I can experience because I need you, you need me. Verse 11 says, He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. These are all distinct roles and distinct gifts that are for our benefit. Verse 12 says it. Notice in verse 12 it says, all of those roles are to equip you and I. We are the saints, not by our merits, but by His. We are the saints. It's to equip us for the work of serving. If ministry is too churchy for you, it's for the work of serving. Who are we serving? Each other. To our growth. For building up the body of Christ. So again, he gives the roles to equip us for the work of serving each other so that as a result, we grow. We need to serve each other. We miss out if we're not connected to the body. I remember my experience growing up. I've brought this up before. I grew up as a Catholic, and don't get me wrong, I am thankful for my Catholic upbringing because it gave me a love for Christ, even though I didn't understand faith. I didn't understand necessarily uh, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of sin. I didn't understand a lot of things, but it was a foundation on which to build on. Furthermore, it helped me better appreciate grace. Oh my goodness. When I finally understood the gospel of Christ, the, the, the thankfulness of that grace was so beautiful because God placed me in a Catholic family. I am thankful for that. But my perception growing up, this probably would have happened whether I was Catholic or not, going to church was something I did to check off my list because if not, well then God is angry at me. I have to go to church. And while it's true that I do have to go to church, It's motivated from a completely different perspective. See, religion says achieve, achieve, achieve. Jesus says, I achieved for you. Now walk in what I'm doing inside of you. Now walk differently. Now have different desires. And it's so funny. I, you know, I went to church out of such a sense of obligation. And now I just go out of a sense of love. I love being here. And when I'm not here... I feel like I'm missing out. And that's what the community is all about. It's about growth. I am here because I know that in being here, I grow. If I'm not here today, Pastor Jason doesn't pray for me. If I'm not here, I don't hear a word of encouragement that someone has for me. If I'm not here, I don't get to talk with Carlos before a service and connect with him If I'm not here, there's so much that I miss on. Now, that doesn't mean, again, from an attendance perspective, oh, I miss a certain Sunday or this or that. That's not the point. The point is connection. And connection does happen through consistency. And that connection leads to my growth as we serve each other. So what's the goal of growth? The goal of growth is that all believers have unwavering knowledge of Christ. 
And I would almost edit that. I would almost say the goal, the goal of community growth. Because that's the context here. The goal of community growth is that all believers have unwavering knowledge of Christ. See, I've seen it before. Believers that they maybe move to a different state, a different city, and they get disconnected. And eventually, it takes a toll on their walk. The goal of growth is that all believers have unwavering, meaning it doesn't change. My knowledge of Christ won't be challenged by what the culture is trying, the, the secular culture is trying to speak into my life. See, the, the, the fact of the matter is, culture has something different to say about most important things in my life. But unwavering knowledge of Christ stands in the face of what society and the secular ways are preaching to me or teaching me and says, no, God has showed me the way Jesus shows me the way, and I learn of this way, and I continue to grow into an unwavering knowledge by being in community. We get this very clearly from verses 13, 14, and 15 in the chapter we just read. Let's slowly unpack these verses. Until we all attain, in verse 13, that means the growth is happening, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood. So, we need to grow in our knowledge, unwavering knowledge of God together. The goal of this growth is a communal growth. If I leave you behind in knowledge of God, that's not the unity that we're supposed to achieve. Now, this is sometimes problematic because people have differences on certain matters that are a little complex in doctrine. You know, some, some Christians might be amillennial, postmillennial. If you don't know that, what that is, that's fine. But there might be issues on which we sometimes dis- disagree in terms of doctrine. But there are a set of essentials that we all need to agree on. There are certain non-negotiables that if left out, if compromised, the gospel is compromised. The gospel of Jesus Christ, of Him dying in my place to atone for my sins. The gospel of Jesus that says, He earns for me, I don't earn. All of those things, these are non-negotiables. So there are a certain set of non-negotiables. As a church, for us, at least being a CMA church, you can find some of the essentials in, our Christian, in the Christian and Missionary Alliance um, uh, website. You can go and check them out, and we've talked about them here before. We've even done a series on them last year. Those essentials are what we consider non-negotiables, and they help preserve the knowledge of God rightly, the knowledge of our doctrine of faith, so that we're not tossed around. We're not easily persuaded by other things that would tarnish the gospel of Jesus. But notice in verse 13, it says that we do this to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So just keep in mind, this growth is nonstop until the day that we see Jesus face to face. But notice verse 14. It says that we do this, this very united growth. It says we do it so that we may no longer be children. That's the lack of growth. We're children in our knowledge if we don't grow. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro, back and forth, by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human cunning. 
See, we want to create a steadfast, or we want God to create in us a steadfast, resolute attachment to the faith that we hold. Not because it's just a set of beliefs you write down, but because the personhood of Christ and what He did for me is tied directly to that. See, I rejoice in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I rejoice in what He did for me. And in community, I continue to grow in that knowledge. By the way, that knowledge that can't be tossed back and forth includes my personal knowledge of Jesus. There's a lot of historians that can know who Jesus was as a person, but not know him. You know, like I know all the stats to Michael Jordan. I know he averaged 37 points per game in 1987. But do I know Michael Jordan? No. (laughs) I don't know him. I wish, but I don't know him. So there's a difference between knowledge of facts and knowledge of knowing the person, having a relationship. Verse 15 says, rather than being tossed back and forth, see it in context, rather than being tossed back and forth on your beliefs, speak, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. So the goal is to grow, and that growth means I don't waver back and forth. That's the big takeaway. Unwavering knowledge of Christ. And when we disconnect from the body, we waver. We're sinful. I mean, we, we, we've been saved if we've come to true faith in Jesus. But there is a sinful nature that's there. And it does tug at us every once in a while. And we want by the power of the Holy Spirit to, to overcome the desires of the flesh and the temptations of the flesh. So we do get tossed back and forth. The goal is to not be tossed back and forth by staying in community. Our unwavering knowledge should be full of love, not discord. See, some people I've seen use their unwavering faith, their stubbornness, so to speak, to bash on people. See, Paul reminds us here that rather than be tossed back and forth, you should speak the truth. He could have left it there. Rather than be tossed back and forth, you should be speaking the truth. But it's so good because he says, speaking the truth in love. I learned this the hard way. I used to be one of those that would fight till the end and, and would debate with atheists and with people who weren't Christians, and I'd do it angrily at some points. And that's not what we're called to do. We speak the truth in love. This is such an important emphasis. As humans, our sinful nature makes us think that to to have an unwavering knowledge means you have to get pretty nasty. And that's not true. You think Jesus wavered when he was up on the cross being insulted? You think he wavered did he, did he have to defend himself? The idea is that we need to reprogram our heads by the power of the Holy Spirit to understand that to be solid in our faith, not tossed back and forth, does not mean speaking hostility. I heard once an account by John Piper about offering the gospel to others, and he said, the gospel is like this amazing glass of water that only a few have tasted and it's the most amazing thing and you're excited to go and share it with someone else 
Now, I could go to Scott here and just, and he doesn't want to just open his mouth and like, oh, take the water. That's not truth in love. But rather, I offer it because I genuinely want him to experience this. This is so good. You're missing out. But that's as much as I can do. Explain to him in love why I want him to participate in this. But not try to fight it into him. Speak it in love. Offer it as the one true fountain of water that will, nev- that, will, that will stop all thirst. We are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. It says in verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, as I'm Speaking the truth to you and you to me, we're building each other up. But Paul emphasizes again, we must build each other in love. You can't build by jamming beliefs into people. You can't. You present it faithfully, passionately. Show the heart, the rejoicing that you have for it. But it's always done in love. If I'm seeking discord, if I'm seeking to cause division, my heart is not the right, in the right place. So our unwavering knowledge should always be full of love, not discord. Now something would be missing if I don't emphasize something about that knowledge of God that we're seeking in this growth. I want you to kind of summarize what we've basically gone through in this passage. What we've told ourselves is that, or what we've sought in the Word and and found in the Word is that we want to grow so that we're no longer children in our knowledge of Christ. We want to grow into maturity. And that growth, that growth that we achieve it in community. But there's something missing. That knowledge cannot be just Head knowledge. True knowledge of Christ leads us to become more like Christ. This is not mere head knowledge. I can't, look, I can know the gospel back and forth and know all of the complexities of the faith that I adhere to. But if it's just that knowledge, if I'm not cherishing those truths, if I'm not enjoying who God is, if I haven't given my life to God, even though I know it says that, it's just head knowledge. At the end of the day, these passages remind us that that growth is to the fullness of Christ. To, that we would grow into Christ. So if I'm not looking more like Him, it's head knowledge. See, we could walk away without making that point and we would just think, oh, I just need to learn more about God. Let me just read the Bible and yes, you should learn more about Him. I know more about Jesus, that's it. The goal is renewal. The goal is transformation. The goal is that when people see you that don't know Jesus, they say something's up. This person is different in a good way. Some of the essentials of his personality are there, his gifts but he's someone different. He walks and talks differently. 
It's not just that he's doing a good deed or she, but rather what comes out is a general perception of of someone who's different. A changed life. We cannot stop at the head knowledge. We must be transformed. The goal of growth is more knowledge, but it's more than just head knowledge. It's true knowledge. It's knowledge that rocks the foundation of what you're holding on to. The knowledge that breaks the chains of the sins that you're struggling with. The knowledge that will, that will change the world around you because of who you've been called to be. That you will rock the, the, the neighborhood around you, the society around you, in a way that people will want Jesus. They will want to be part of the community. But we got to move past head knowledge. Verse 13 says, Until we all attain to the unity of, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That's great. We've covered all that. To the mature manhood. Yes, I know. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. To the measure of the stature. Here it is. Of the fullness of Christ. The stature of the fullness of Christ. People need to see Jesus in you. People need to see Jesus in you. It's not head knowledge. It's knowledge that rocks you to the core. That changes who you are. You look more like Jesus. Verse 15 says, instead of being rocked by what the world throws at you, by by wavering in your knowledge of God, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow, here's the growth, grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. Please read that last part carefully. You are to grow up in every way every way into him who is the head into Christ. As long as I'm alive, that doesn't stop. <laughs> I need to grow into every way. I must be like Christ in every way. Are we stagnant in our growth or are we seeking to grow in every way into Christ? We all are guilty of, again, just kind of being a little passive at different times in our life. But th- these messages, this growth in church that happens, are, it's, it's here to remind us of this. And in, at the end of the day, you could stay at home. You could not connect with others at a church. But what will happen is your growth won't be fullness. I won't grow into Christ in every way. I'll grow into Christ in some ways. Growth in the body is essential for the fullness, the full growth. I look more like Jesus. And I thank Him for His grace because, yes, I do still sin, but I don't want to sin. I hate sin. I am no longer a slave to sin. I know that He bought my salvation because I wasn't good enough. He was crucified by my sins of this morning, yesterday, and before, and the ones that I will make. He died for that. So I want to grow into Him. Galatians 2.19-21 to says that I've been crucified with Him because I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's the goal of growth. The goal of growth is now I live my life for Him. I look like Him. That's why Galatians 2 in those verses says... It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's the goal of growth. May we all seek it as a body. That we would grow up in every way. Into Him who is the head. Into Christ. 
So, to summarize, we want to grow from childlike knowledge of Jesus to full knowledge of Jesus, an ongoing process. But that knowledge is not just mere facts. It changes you into Christ more and more from one degree of glory to another every day. May we seek that growth. I didn't have these next passages. James doesn't have them on the screen, but I'm going to mention them because these are passages that reaffirm the connection between these elements of growth, not being tossed by society, and becoming more like Jesus because I actually have acts of work. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. You could add this, write it down. You don't need to look it up right now. I'll read it to you. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. There's a reason this keeps being emphasized. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not just head knowledge. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He's saying, look, if you want to just look more like Jesus, it's done in community. Don't neglect to meet together. Don't waver in your faith. Ten, chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. But it happens in the same book in chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. It says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, someone who wavered, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Again, this concept is repetitive. We grow and we are unwavering in community. We grow and we are unwavering in our knowledge of Christ if we stay in community. And again, that doesn't mean just here today. This isn't church, this activity. This is an element of church. Church happens when we exhort each other to do good deeds and to grow in the faith by reading the Word of God and praying for each other. That's why we have grow groups, what other churches call small groups. We grow in community. That's what we do. That's why we have the men's ministry. Last Saturday, a bunch of us got together, and yes, we had a bacon fest, true, but we also, one of the best parts at the end of the activity, all the men gathered in different pockets and we were praying for each other sharing in the needs that we have, praying for each other, to encourage each other. And one of the things that we discussed was stirring up each other to do works of love. James has some pictures that I want to show you. On Friday evening, this very concept that we're preaching on happened. On Friday evening, Carlos realized that our work day, which was yesterday here at the church, was missing volunteers. There was only two people that were coming, or something like that. And Carlos started making phone calls. He sounded like one of those Italian mob guys. He's like, hey, I'm going to break your knees if you're not here. Right? He called us. He called me. He called JP. He called a bunch of guys. And he told us, hey, man, we need help. And little by little, he started gathering. And if you weren't here, that's okay. JP, for one, couldn't make it because he was at a conference. And he kept saying, can I be there Friday? No one was going to be here Friday. But he wanted to be here. He wanted to help. 
And so the result, James, if you could show those pictures, was something that I believe Edward Kosas was trying to do for two years, finally got done. There you can see, that's Jeff right there, Jeff Allen putting some bricks, laying down some bricks. Uh, that's Brian Bell digging a trench. That's Carlos trying to look like he's working. <laughs> that's Ed right there. And so we got these new sprinklers installed. This is something that's been in Ed's heart for two years. We announced, we announced our work day, but it wasn't until Carlos called me in community and he stirred me up to love. He called JP. He called, he called us all. And people showed up. And those that didn't show up wanted to show up. That's what community is about. That growth. That doesn't happen if I just stay home. If I'm not connected with you guys, that doesn't happen. So as the band comes up, I want to encourage you to think of church in a new way, to think of community in a new way. The church is not a religious checklist. The church is not this service. This service is just one of the elements of the church. We are the church, and we grow each other up. Don't keep the checklist religious mentality. Throw it away. Seek to be fully like Jesus, which only happens when your faith doesn't waver, and when you walk more like Him. Christ-likeness, unwavering faith. Christ-likeness, unwavering faith. Christ-likeness, look like Him. Not head knowledge. Unwavering faith. Stand against the norms of society. That's what growth is about. Let's pray as the ushers come forth. Father, I am humbled by the fact that you use other people to grow me. I'm humbled by that fact because you chose to provide a venue for growth that was not isolation, but rather community, family, so that we know each other's concerns and we pray for each other, so that we encourage each other, so that we improve ourselves by words of exhortation that we provide to each other. Thank you, Lord. May our perception of church, of community, change from one that's religious to one that seeks full growth. That we would grow fully every day closer and closer to looking like you. That people would see Jesus and that our faith would be unwavering, unmoved, solid on the knowledge of you, not just as facts, but of who you are, knowing you personally. As the ushers have come forth, I pray for the tithes and offerings that they would be blessed, multiplied, magnified to reach the ends of the earth. At the end of the day, that's what it's for, to grow the church both spiritually and numerically for the sake of saving souls. Multiply them. Use, them in, use these gifts in mighty ways. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.